If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today I grilled Todd about his social media presence as the one and only TB LaBarge. So one of my favorite moments of our friendship is when we would go to Mexican on Dollar Taco Night, which was Tuesdays. Yeah. And you would bring up on a regular basis about these followers that you had online. Yeah. You would say, I have an online following. Yeah. And we would tease you about it. Yeah. At dinner. And it would always be in like a jokey way. Yeah, it'd be in yeah. a jokey way. But it would also be, I mean, you were proud of what yeah. you had accomplished. Yeah. Uh, and one time we went to Dollar Talk at night, and then we had to come back to the office and do some work. Mm-hmm. And you were doing some editing in the other room. And I think I finished my work, and you were still editing. And at that time, I felt bad leaving people if they were still working. So I then was like, what is this whole online presence Todd is talking about? And I looked up. T.B. LaBarge, uh-huh. and I went on a rabbit trail. <laughs> I went, w- me and Alice, we fell down the rabbit hole together, and whoa. <laughs> At the time, you were single. Yeah. You hadn't met Allie yet. Nope. And there was these gorgeous women <laughs> that were talking about how much they were madly in love with you. And I remember thinking, what in the, the like, <laughs> I was just like, so like, so dumbfounded. Not yeah. that you couldn't get in a gorgeous woman yeah. as you did with Allie. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, just that like, <laughs> it was just still like, just like mind boggling that yeah. like, this was my friend that I just went and got dollar tacos with. As I saw people had tattooed sayings of yours on their bodies, mm-hmm. that people had spent an enormous amount of time in graphic design or, or illustrations of taking your words and doing stuff with them, reading quotes. I mean, literally, I remember reading one, where somebody's like, I don't know who this T.B. LaBarge guy is, but seriously, and I'm ashamed and embarrassed to say it, but I have the hugest online crush on this guy. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Todd? Yeah. You know, uh, and not that I obviously don't also have a huge online crush on you, but it was still one of those things where you're like, when you realize that your friend is wildly popular. Yeah, yeah. In a context that you, that that's not our friendship. Yeah. Uh, it would be like all of a sudden you found out I've, I did host SNL. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you hadn't told me, and it would be so weird. Uh, just because to me, you're you're Todd that yeah. we broke down in the car together at Summit, and we played video games together, and yeah. we you know we're, we're, yeah. we make funny jokes and talk silly Game of Thrones stuff. You know, like that's yeah. that's our relationship. So nonetheless, as the one and only TB Labarge. <laughs> For people who also want to uh, get their content out there, use the social media, the power of social media to connect with their audience, whether as a writer like yourself or as a video creator like both of us or as a illustrator, artist, whatever, musician, comedian, anything, whatever, whatever people's thing is. Yeah. Um, if social media serves them well for that thing, uh, what advice would you give? And I'm going to ask you questions along the way, and I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. But what uh, advice would you give for people, um, and how to use social media to grow an online presence, as yeah. you used to tell us at Dollar <laughs> Taco? Um, and maybe if you don't know right off the bat because it's 5 o'clock and you're tired, yeah. maybe tell us a little bit. Start out by just telling all of us a little 
all the listeners and myself, so basically Kyle and, yeah. and Evan yeah. and maybe Rachel if she decided to listen this week. How did you go about even starting that? Tell us the story of like how you went from like Todd eating mac and cheese to people tattooing your sayings on their body. Yeah. Well, I'll start one night when a cricket came into my window, <laughs> gave me super. Uh, I became a real boy. I used to be a piece of wood. Um, I remember that. We had to keep you away from fires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Termites. I used Oof. to dance, and my nose would get real big. I yeah. lied a lot. Um, no, I think uh, the weird thing is. I started writing back with Xanga. Do you remember Xanga? Yeah, I remember Xanga. <laughs> so, man, that's a throwback. That's Zanga. a throwback before oh, MySpace. Man. Zanga. That <laughs> and, was like MySpace was like for like. It was all, really like a blogger. MySpace was for like the bras. Yeah. The bros. Yeah. A bra. You know, like the shots of like, and then like Zanga was like for the yeah the 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 uh not struggling the um. The, the artist in pain. Yeah, yeah. Well, Xanga was out there. It was uh, available to the masses before Facebook because Facebook was only for colleges and yeah. stuff. You had that, like, it was harder to yeah. get on the Facebook. Yeah. And then once Facebook, well, MySpace as well. MySpace yeah. was kind of its yeah. own thing. Anyways, so I remember writing on Xanga because. So that black- would have been like still when you're in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. This is when I was younger. This would have been like 2003, 2002. Okay. So, um, a long time back, and I remember my dad reading. I wrote a post about like Braveheart and what it means to be free, and uh, I remember him reading it and him telling me like if this was because I was homeschooled, and he said if this had been like a school project, I would give me a plus. And I was like, oh. And he regularly failed Todd on other projects. <laughs> yeah. Dad never was encouraging to me. Um, no. <laughs> He's like, uh, son, I don't believe in anything above a C because C is average. And that's what most people are. That's right. Uh, he's like, you are normally an F, uh, <laughs> below average. But uh, And you're no. like, F for fantastic, <laughs> F for failure, Todd. My dad was always loving, and but for him to like say something like that, to give me praise for something yeah. I'd done – and it wasn't anything that I purposely had like been like, look at this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was a big deal. Yeah. Your dad is very loving. Yes. All jokes aside. Yes. All jokes aside, he loves me very much. But he is encouraging. somebody who like if he pays you a compliment, he means it. Yeah. Exactly. Your mom is overly encouraging. Yeah. And would say nice things. My mom even just if says you don't what's really on their mind. It. Like she'll be like, yeah. you know, oh, have you? It's usually about my weight. <laughs> so that's my mom. But right but now. your mom is like the nicest person in the world, yeah. and like would. You know, pay her dearest enemy yeah. a compliment because she's believes in loving people. And your dad, not that he's not like that, but yeah. like if he says something, like he means it. Yeah, my dad's more like quiet. Yeah. Or he'll be like, yeah. Ryan, how you doing? Yeah. But then if you did something amazing yeah. and, he, and he would really call it out, you, you'd probably feel, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it was a big deal. <laughs> it was a big deal. And so I that was kind of where the writing began. But I never wrote like that much. I would write yeah. every once in a while. People from my youth group would like see it. But... Once again, terrible grammar, terrible, like, kind of all those things. Homeschool, I don't know. My brain just didn't accept it. And you weren't, like, the cool drummer in the praise band. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, anybody listening was potentially yeah. the drummer in your praise band. Well, and the funny thing is I was But if off- he was, he was obviously cooler <laughs> yeah. in high school yeah. because he was the drummer in the praise band. Yeah. That's Evan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I was often overlooked for things. Like I, I always knew. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I have a lot to say 
but I don't want to say it out in public. Yeah. And so writing it down was a good way to do it. And yeah. as this podcast is a uh, example, I don't say my words out loud <laughs> very well. <laughs> I will say something and stop, and people will be like, why did he continue his sentence? Um, where when I write, I can fully articulate something. And so uh, when I moved down here uh, to Rome, Georgia, I just told everyone where I live, um, which is funny because people who like my writing have found me here in Rome, Georgia. And, Interesting. Yeah, have come up to me. So uh, it happens less now, but... Um, I was alone, and I was feeling a lot of emotions coming off of certain relationships that never happened because that's how I was. I am a interesting person where I will be committed to someone before I even talk to them. <laughs> so I'd be like, I am going. So to you bed. go hard. I go. Is what you're saying. <laughs> I go too hard, as they say. Hey, um, I want to marry you. I'd like to have four kids. I'd like to put them in your belly. Oh, by the way, my name's Todd. My name's Todd, and we have never talked. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I would create, like, scenario and stuff. So I guess for me to articulate my feelings towards someone, I would write them out. Yeah. And to answer your question of how to build a following, I think the very, very practical is you got to create content. People want content no matter what. So was that kind of your first thing is you just started writing on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah. Just writing as much as possible, feeling everything I was feeling, and then uh, be authentic, like create content and be like as real and open and honest So as when possible. you say on a regular basis, how often did you post? Uh, probably twice, sometimes three times every single day for like a couple years. And that initially was on Tumblr? Yeah. So, so do you still tumble? Uh, not as much. Tumblr is kind of up and down. I still have like my phone, but I feel like they're just not active anymore. Yeah. So I think. What do you use now? I have Facebook. I'm more on yeah. Facebook. I've grown my page to. Um, it's got thirty two hundred at this point. Okay. Went from like zero at this, you know, just in the last couple year. In the last year, it's gone up to thirty two hundred, and so just. Is that like the official like? Business page, TB Labarge, or yeah, your yeah, actual just, personal one? No, no, it's my, like business page. Yeah, yeah. So I just want like an author page, and that's yeah. where I can just write everything. And yeah, um, people seem to be more active and on Facebook. On Facebook, yeah. And but Tumblr, that stage in my life, I it just kind of the stars aligned at the right time. You know, uh, the Lord made an opportunity for me to do that and to have a following. So I remember writing and writing and no one was paying attention. Nothing was happening. Um, and I got more precise and I guess more, um, I just got better at writing, you know, yeah. when you write every day for that much. Three times a day. Yeah. Like thousands and thousands, you know, at that yeah. point. So, uh, sometimes I would write like 20 things in a day, you know, like yeah. three is like the average. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I would, a larger, uh, blog would follow me or something like yeah. that. And they would reblog what I liked. And yeah, I think I hit a tone that a lot of people online feel of, um, feeling deeply, but not knowing how to say it. And that was always the thing that people would respond with is how were you able to write out what I was feeling? Yeah. And that was just 
due to me being alone and i mean i had you guys but i mean there was that time you didn't invite me to your birthday party and so well, that really at hurt. this point <laughs> i'm gonna stop trying to find like i'm gonna stop trying to tell you that i did invite you and i'm just gonna start being like you hadn't made the cut yet that's right i haven't made a cut it was like my first year so yeah or first like couple months um yeah no, that's so funny uh i mean you gotta have at least a one-year residency before you get invited to the very exclusive ryan simmons birthday yeah. party i wasn't even working at brand red fully yeah exactly so. yeah you weren't uh, even in. you weren't even like like this was the circle you were like way over here yeah <laughs> well anyways uh mark got invited though Mark did get invited. Yeah. You've never held, you've never, you've always held it against him. No, nah, he's dead to me. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> we love so, you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, so, my, I mean, my life was I would come home, I would watch TV shows and write. Yeah. Like, those are the only thing. Like, it, you know, you hear those stories where people are like, I just locked myself in a room. Yeah. I didn't lock myself in a room. I just happened to be in a room that had no furniture <laughs> except for my chair and the, the computer. And I'd be in the corner and I would feel deep emotions. Yeah. And through the fact that I read, I was a great reader as a kid, um, you know, I always scored way above my grade level. And so I think through reading comprehension and understanding the right words and to communicate, I was able to write those out. And Tumblr is very much like they had a section for like kind of more of the poetry side of things. Yeah. The way I wrote, um, I used to not like that. I used to think reading had to be full since, you know, like yeah. a full book. But quotes are extremely popular. It's very easy to repost and copy and paste, put it wherever, um, unlike a video or audio medium or yeah. anything else. Now, did you find um, – uh, you said one thing that was uh, interesting. Did, you said you wrote from your emotions. Were there times where you would write when you didn't feel like it or would you always be writing because it was a way of expressing what you felt inside? Always writing for – expressions i i now write my writing style now that i've gotten married the funny thing is when i got married and now you're listening to this and i might have told you this i'm not sure but i had nothing to write i didn't know because everything i was feeling was being met with yeah. Allie, you know and so i used to write her letters and um it was it was i know where people kind of like got feel pain to be right. I get that sentiment. I don't agree with it, but I get it in the sense of when I was deep, most hurt and most vulnerable is when I did my best writing. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I do you want me to go beat you up after work so you can write again? <laughs> you need to fire me and take all my money, and then I can. <laughs> yeah, me and Ali will stage this whole thing so you can have a comeback. Uh, it'll be great. Um, now, I've, I've evolved and learned how to write differently now. Um, and more from a point of introspection and advice. And I think I really like that style of writing now. I appreciate my unwritten letter phase where I was, I mean, the unwritten letters for you came from uh, a rejection I had from someone that summer before. And the very first thing I wrote was the memory of you is fading from me, like the last ripples on the you know the edges of the pond like kind of i was it was this i remember saying i'm starting a new series called unwritten letters to you where i explain where i'm kind of closing a chapter 
on the wounded side of things. Yeah. And, and so then that's where all the kind of, you know, for the, to the one I love, to the one I long for, to the one I lost and, you yeah. know, the different chapters of my life. And, um, and it just, people respond to that somehow. I, yeah. I, there's no, everyone wants a viral video. I mean, it's when we did our YouTube channel and yeah. we, our most popular one was a spoof video yeah. and it wasn't liked, but it was popular. Yeah. Um, that, that was just cause we were piggybacking off of Pepsi and that was a big deal at the time. And yeah. I think now, like, that's the funny thing is I feel like now it would be even harder because there's so much content out there. Like, if we were going to do a spoof video, it would have been funny maybe to spoof the another Pepsi, the the Riot yeah. one. You know, yeah. that would have been funny. Like, yeah. now thinking back on it, it's like, oh, man, that would have been great. Yeah. Um, but it's so – everything is – even yeah. more than when we first started yeah. seven years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. So I think where writing comes in, because I've realized that it's really big on Pinterest. A lot of my writing is big on Pinterest, but I've never done anything with Pinterest. Um, and so that's why I think I like Facebook. People are looking for a status. They're looking for something really quick they can look at, like, share, move on. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's just meeting the demand of everyday consumerism, and my goal with that is simply to bring light into <laughs> the yeah. constant negativity that's out there. Um, and so giving advice is 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 evolving with where yeah. it once was I'm feeling these things, now it's how do we guide our way through these things? Yeah. So I mean one. Other interesting thing, and I know I remember you talking to me about this before, and I even saw it, like I said, in that two-hour uh, uh, rabbit hole, Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole that I went on, um, is that your content, I think, was very shareable. Yeah. And it was very easy to share. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was relatable for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it also, like, because of the nature of, of Tumblr and the yep. nature, even like you're saying, of Pinterest and Facebook, like, to be able to share a two-sentence yep. Uh, you know, more beautifully written thing that shares that can communicate. This is how I feel. Yeah, almost in the same way that you know a um, a GIF or a GIF or however you want to say it. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to share this little funny thing to my friends in this yeah. conversation. It's like the same way, like, oh, my heart is broken right now, and this person has written how I feel. I'm going to share that on Tumblr. Yeah. Or this is how I feel about politics in America right now. I'm going to share that on Facebook. Yeah. You know, it's like you're 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 doing something. You're yeah. You're writing your words. In a box, yeah, you're you're putting your stuff kind of kind of saying I'm gonna have this format so that way it's easier to share. Yeah, and at that time, I think, and I maybe even now, there was uh, an attraction to it being original. Like people were looking for the cool thing that made their blog stand apart. Yeah, um, especially on Tumblr. Yeah, especially on Tumblr. Um, Do you I find think, that on Facebook? Yeah, I think a little bit on Facebook. I think no matter what, people are looking for something they've never seen before. Yeah. And so, because you could, you could, I put quotes from other people on, and it doesn't get the same reaction as yeah. something original. Um, Which is kind of ironic. It is ironic. They take your quotes and put it on their wall. Yeah, exactly. But they don't like it when you put quotes on your wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is really funny. I, I I can't explain it, but other than the fact that, yeah, I think there was – there had to be something. If you can supply the demand of we want something that's going to make uh, our blog more popular or – My page. Yeah, my page or something that's going to be something. A, it has to resonate. 
it has to um, just it has to be good. Obviously, a lot of people are making stuff and it's not good. Yeah. I happen to have the skill set or the voice, not necessarily the skill set. You could look back, and my grammar is awful. Like it's gotten better, but it's still not great. Um, the punctuations aren't right. You know, there's just a lot of. But you were like doing that. poetry, so you can kind of get away with that a exactly, little bit easier. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think mean, that it could look like an artistic decision. Yeah. When you really just might have not realized yeah. a comma went there. Well, at the end of the day, if you feel something deeply, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you're you're getting a reaction from it. So, yeah, um, so, yeah it's just really interesting the originality and the supply. Yeah. <laughs> so making original supply at least three a day is what you're doing. Um, obviously using the format that fits the platform you're using. So if people are wanting to quickly share something, you know, a whole, like if you had written a whole chapter and posted them one a chapter at a time, yeah. people wouldn't have put those on their page. Yeah. But little small sentences or, you know, three, four sentence yeah. quotes is easier to reshare. Um, so I think another thing that was very interesting or not interesting, fascinating, intriguing, whatever it was, and even kind of and cool. I'll even say yeah. cool to watch as your friend was just how much it did impact people yeah. in a very significant way. So, I uh, do want to talk about how it's changed and how that change has affected like your audience reach. Um, but speaking specifically just about the time of um, unwritten letters to you air, yeah, um, and that kind of writing that was a little bit. It was not little. It was more focused towards relationships and like loss in relationships, yeah. um, heartbreak in relationships. Um, tell me a little bit about how you feel. Like um, I don't even know really what my question is, but I guess it, it was it was cool to watch just to see the impact that you're having in people's yeah. lives, and I think that's why they were tattooing them on their bodies, or that's why they were resharing and, and yeah. populating them. So I guess kind of what would be your tips in regards to that element? Yeah, you know of like writing stuff or making stuff that like really actually touches people beyond yeah. just like, oh, this is a cool quote yeah. or, oh, this is an interesting thing. You know, does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. I, the internet is more closed off than ever before. We're more engaged, but we are so alone in the internet. And so a lot of the words, like I have one that talked about like uh, one of the tattoos, someone, the first one I can remember, it was a weary traveler. And my piece, I believe, was, like, rest now, weary traveler. Like, the journey is long, but you can, like, sit. And that resonates with people because they're going through life and either it's a lot of young people usually. And so they're high school or they're cut off and they're feeling things. And so when this kind person online says, I'm feeling the things you're feeling, I acknowledge what you're feeling, and it's okay to rest. That resonates in a world, once again, that we talked about in a previous podcast where it's go, 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 go. Yeah. And we are deprived of kindness. We're deprived of rest. We're deprived of stillness. And that all goes back to wisdom. And so we don't have any wisdom because we don't have time to grow wisdom. We don't have time to reflect on what we are. And that drives away any need to have purpose. I mean, when we can't reflect about what we're doing, what's the purpose of what we're doing? What's the, you know, do we even like know what purpose means? And so suicide goes up and people hear a quote or a daily uh, Instagram also or a 
Tumblr has a feature where you can answer questions and people can leave anonymous questions and stuff like that. And uh, I would like to be funny. I would respond with funny gifts for some and people really resonate with that because I think not only am I saying these things that are touching their hearts, but I'm funny, I'm relatable, I'm a real human being. The top thing that I always hear people say is, I thought you were someone from 5,000 years ago, you know? Yeah. Of, I thought you were a dead author, the things you're saying are crazy. Um, but then there would be people saying, I want to kill myself tonight. And then I would just sweetly, and I would call them, for a lot of anonymous, I would call them beloved and yeah. just really kind of speak to them in that moment and just say, like, you know, in this moment, you're feeling the lowest you'll ever feel. And it's okay to be in that moment, to experience that moment, to, um, but tomorrow you'll wake up and you'll feel differently. And life is constantly falling down, getting back up, falling down, getting back up. And just, Speaking love to them, letting yeah. them know that they are valued, that they matter, and that um, they'll always matter, even if people say they don't or people don't reflect. I mean, it's it's hard to feel loved and valued if no one actually takes the time to say you're loved and valued. More of what can you do for me? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that engaging with my audience, engaging with them in a very raw and real way – and that was one of the things that I left Tumblr for because it was really hard. I would get – and I'm not joking. I would get uh, hundreds of messages a week. Yeah. And it was overwhelming. Like I think I have something like a couple – like 20,000 or more messages that I just have never responded to. Yeah. Because it was so much. People were wanting advice. People were seeking, um, you know – my boyfriend and I just wasn't qualified at that time to answer those questions. Yeah. Um, some of them were very deep, some of them. And my friend June, who, who was the one that officiated Ali and I's wedding, he and I connected because we were both on Tumblr. We both were kind of in the same boat. And, um, and he has a great quote where he says, you're online, uh, like the person you follow online is not your counselor. Yeah. They're not the friend that's going to help you at the end of the day. They're just like an inspiration. Yeah. And I had to – that was my advice a lot of the times is people want the quick fix. But I'm like you need to reach out. Like we need human touch. We need human presence. Like yeah. there has to be a connectedness because at the end of the day, the online persona is just the online persona. And so – I, I think that's where more complexity of my Tumblr following happened. And because I stopped engaging in that, I think they stopped engaging in me, Yeah, um, which is fine. And so on Facebook, like, I have been getting messages now. I just don't respond. And it's hard because some people open up and they want to show me their writing and I might be like, yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. And then if I don't respond in a quick enough time, like one person just like strip delete their Facebook. Wow. And yeah, I mean, like I think he was just so embarrassed that I didn't respond in time. But I don't, you know, I don't have Messenger on my phone. I don't. Yeah. Like I just, I don't like looking on my phone on Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, as of like messages and stuff like that. Yeah. So. 
it's hard because being a vulnerable person that I am, people expect to be safe in their vulnerability with me. And yeah. if I don't respond in a quick enough time, then they're hurt and they take that against me. And yeah. um, so I think it's easier for me to write. And this is, this is full circle from what you said. Yeah. <laughs> this is me just being vulnerable in the moment. But yeah, I think as far as growing an audience, yeah, you have to have engagement. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, it really is like a full-time job. Like, I can see why now, like, online bloggers, like, that's all they do. I have no, other than my way of, like, having my book, I have no way of, like, monetizing yeah. stuff on Tumblr. Um, there was rumblings in the past, but Tumblr was not doing well. You know, Yahoo bought it, and Yahoo's not doing well. And yeah. So it just was not a place of, of you know a source of revenue and yeah. I never liked Instagram. I've never enjoyed a space where people can just look at pictures and yeah. I don't know, there's just something really shallow about that. I have as much as I appreciate and I love my online followers. Uh <laughs> uh I love everyone who appreciates my work. I love them. Um it just sounds pretentious no matter what, but I disdain social media. I, I'm so fatigued by it. Yeah. Because it's just so much information and it's so much, especially empathetic. Uh, CJ was talking to me about that. Or TJ. 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 Um, he was saying, you know, it's a real thing where we get like empathy fatigue. Yeah. Where it's like everything's happening and we feel so bad for everyone that we eventually just don't care. Yeah. Because there's so much bad things happening in the world. And I can see where people get suicidal from that because it's just so much. Um, depression and, and suicide is like they say it best. It's you feel like you're in a burning building and you just want to end it. You just want to jump out. And so you're kind of going away from our practical I know, tips I know, I know. on social media. I know, I know. That's, that was my fear. That's my practical tips are social media yeah. sucks. It does. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard. All right, but we're going to move past that. We'll, we'll talk about yeah. social media's yeah. horribleness on a different podcast. All right. So um, because I do want – there are still people, though, despite the fact that it does suck, yeah. and I don't like social media either, uh, it is unfortunately the way that people at this point connect and market and communicate yeah. their ideas and their work um, and especially as content creators, that's what actually has made content creation right. possible. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't even be a writer like you are if it hadn't been for social media, yeah. despite all of its flaws. Absolutely. So I'm going to review some of them and ask you a couple more questions. Yeah. Uh, so consistency. Yep. Uh, authentic. Uh, being authentic. Yeah. Uh, originality, which yep. kind of goes with authenticity. Engaging with your audience. But obviously realize that that's going to be really challenging. So maybe try to find ways to manage it to where it doesn't completely take over your time. Um, another thing that you talked about a lot that I think is kind of, that I'd like to call out a little bit is it seems like a big part of it was you were being very vulnerable. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Um, was it at? Do you feel like your vulnerability helped you? I I'm kind of asking him. Yeah. Uh, a question that I knew you were going to say yes to. But then the other one aspect of that is were there times where it was really hard to be that vulnerable? 
like to just tell the whole world about how you feel about your relationships and things like that, specifically talking about the unwritten letters to you part of your life? Uh, I, mean, I think it's... once people started, because no one knew I was on Tumblr in yeah. real life. Yeah. You know, you guys, I would joke about it, but you guys would not even take it seriously and stuff like that. So to be completely vulnerable with invisible people was super easy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to say. Uh, but you know me in real life. Like, I'm okay with being vulnerable. Yeah. I'm okay with being open and, and just being absolutely honest with my feelings. Um, because for me, it is more suffocating to keep it all repressed, yeah. which I tend to do as a two. You know, yeah. in the Enneagram. So this was your way of getting it out. Yeah, exactly. And... Um. No, it was never a hard a hard thing for me. It never was. I think to get to a place of vulnerability is harder. Yeah, because I'm a low maintenance guy. I all I need back in the day used to be as we we're on the trail. All I needed was my phone and Diet and Doctor Pepper. Diet Doctor Pepper. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And then as soon as I lost one of those, I'm like, I broke as a human being. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like that in real life. Like, I have – I'm off, like, diet soda, but uh, I have this certain drink that I really like. Right. And if I have that, if it keeps me stocked. And your then, headphones. Yeah, and I have – yep, headphones and internet. Just things that, like, if I can keep quiet – I mean, when I'm home alone in my house, I will wear headphones. Just because I don't want to be a bother to people outside. <laughs> no one's going to hear it. But, like, I just – there could be an off chance that, like, someone gets bothered and that's the worst feeling in the world to me. <laughs> but uh, So, once again, being a helper, if I yeah. could be vulnerable and people were reacting and it was helping them, that was like a drug. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I could be absolutely vulnerable and open. And it's helping people deal with their vulnerability. Absolutely. And yeah. I love vulnerability when I see it out in, in life, that's why I like, uh, it's really interesting as far as building a brand and a following, it's going to be really, it's really hard for companies to do that Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're still trying to sell something. So yeah. it's almost impossible for a company to be authentic. It's yeah. easier for a person to be authentic, yeah. which is funny because then they turn into a brand and yeah. the circle goes, um, and that could be why, you know, I don't have as much engagement. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, so um so moving then to now your current writing, like you're saying, if you're writing out of a place of your own vulnerability and yeah. your own authentic feelings at the time, and a and a lot of your writing at the time was as 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 the title of your book, Unwritten Letters to You, was to this love that was lost. Yeah. Now you have love. That is not lost. Yeah. She's she's at home waiting for you to finish this podcast. She's beautiful. No, she probably hasn't even left work yet. Oh, well, then maybe she's listening to a podcast. <laughs> maybe she's listening to this podcast right now. Uh, but um, uh, so obviously you don't have those emotions and feelings to pull from anymore. So how has your writing changed? And at this point, like, how have you continued to, to like, grow that as a um, – as a passion of yours, like how has it evolved, you know? Yeah. And, and as it, one, how has it evolved like artistically? And then like, how has it evolved from a social media, promoting your, prom yeah. getting your work to your followers and growing your, your fans. Yeah. Um, and how has it also grown 
um, grown. as kind of like grown kind of as a brand. <laughs> yeah. Or evolved kind of as yeah. a brand, yeah. uh, you know? No, Because, I mean, once you, people are tattooing your words on your, their body, <laughs> that you do become a brand at that yeah. point. And you have, like, you were the number one selling book in poetry on Amazon yeah. when you released your book. I mean, so you have gone out and actually made money off of yeah. your writing, which is awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so um, how have you, like, continued to try to take it from, like, phase one to phase yeah. two? And yeah, what has that it, looked like? If phase one was an introspective uh, – feeling of who I what, what I was going through and spilled into uh, more flowery language and poetry and you know like I said uh, you are disappearing the ripples yeah. of you are disappearing yeah. now it's more of a out like look introspective but through the lens of I'm looking at the world around me now yeah where I was looking at me what happened to me I'm now looking around and engaging in a conversation so a lot of my writing will be so imagine if we did this yeah or if the world was kinder what does that look like and yeah. kind of uh building through that or talking through people's pain pain and grieving and uh heartbreak have always been I mean, everyone goes through it. Yeah. And so I think, once again, that's a big reason why I became big and had the following because I was addressing those things and no one talks about those things. Yep. And maybe a healthy way. So are you still talking about that kind of stuff, but just I in am. a different way? Yeah. In more, intro, in more of a, um, we need to stop shouting at each other. We need to be okay in the stillness. We need to... Um, more of engaging in kind of the way we talk now, yeah. kind of saying we are so bad at grieving. We're so bad at listening uh, that it's just becoming white noise. Everything's white yeah. noise. Our feelings are becoming white noise. We are becoming apathetic in everything we do. And when we become apathetic, there's just no point. What's the point of everything? Yeah. But when we can tap into our emotions and – actually look through it through a logical way, um, it's easier to live and have understanding. So that's yeah. my – it's more logical, I would say, now, where yeah. it was more feely. Now it's let's look at our emotions through a logical way and how does kindness I, – I think I'm almost going the Mr. Rogers route yeah. now, where I was more of the flowery love poet. Yeah. Now I have turned into let's help. Yeah, make the world brighter. So, have you found that your audience has followed you from that? Because it's a pretty big chasm jump. Yeah, I mean to go from the like chasm. the forlorn yeah. Uh, chasm. Yeah, not chasm. Chasm. That's okay, I say debut. I say a debut. <laughs> uh, the uh, that's a pretty big chasm. Yeah, to go from the forlorn lover to yeah. the um, inspirational speaker. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, like that's a. How, have have you found that you've yeah, has your audience followed you through that? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people from the Philippines that really like my writing. Um, I have a large, I think, like Russian following too. Russian because they're all on Facebook. They're all bots, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I I think no matter what, like even in my love, uh, there was a string of hope. Hope has always kind of been the center of all my writing because Jesus is the center of my writing. And so a lot of people are still hungry for that. At the end of the day, they're not necessarily hungry for love-lorn writing. Some people are, but 
most people want hope, I think. Yeah. My personal experience, um, or at least my following does. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's they follow pretty well. It'd be nice. I'm I think I'm getting a different audience now on Facebook. Um, a good number of people did follow over, but that's there's always that sense of from Tumblr, oh Facebook. You know, Facebook will always be the enemy of all artists. It seems like, and so yeah. you know, people could be like, I don't think anyone has said this. That I've sold out or anything. I just. Facebook is just easier for me. I don't know. So what was your – do you still post on Tumblr at all? Not really, no. So what was your following on Tumblr to what it is now on Facebook? Yeah, I had 25,000 on Tumblr, and then Facebook is 3,200. So big difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you – Like th- when my book came out, not very many people even bought the book. Even though it's the number one seller, yeah. you know, out of the twenty five thousand, maybe like four hundred people bought it. You know, so, so it's a very big difference. Yeah, um, I've I've sold a couple thousand since then, but that's over the longevity of yeah, four years, five years, however long it's been, um, and now hardly anyone buys it now, which yeah. is fine. It's I get like maybe fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, which is whatever but but i mean at this point it's an old book yeah and i think uh we're working on our second book so it'll be interesting to see how that does how that yeah especially with facebook and and i'm they're really active on facebook which i think is interesting i'll write something on tumblr and it'll get some some reblogs however tumblr might just be different evolved like they're they're wanting is more the teenage angst. Yeah. If I could make you it's feel. It's Zanga. The what? It's Zanga. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Like a lot of my most popular writing on uh, Tumblr is like, if I can make you feel in anything, it would be that you mattered. Yeah. You know, and that has hundreds of thousands of reblogs and stuff like that. But if I write kind of what I'm writing on Facebook where it's more of uh, advice, I would guess. It's it's not as popular, which is fine. Tumblr yeah. maybe just doesn't want that. So knowing once again your audience, if you're going, if you're reaching more towards the younger audiences, you see companies using memes and uh, kind of just nonsense because maybe they they don't feel as much. Like you're not going to see. I think memes work really well with companies because once again it's nonsense. It's wild. It's chaotic. It's you don't have to be authentic with memes, yeah. Which companies are not, no matter at the end of the day, companies want to sell something, yeah. And um, with people, when I was writing from the heart, I wasn't selling anything until I made a book, <laughs> but yeah. before that, I was just writing because I needed to write and that was yeah. attractive, and people flocked to that. And so, when I see on if you are trying to build a brand. People are going to, if you're doing, like, fun little facts or something like that, um, people are not going to be for that. Yeah. They don't care about that. They want to see something that resonates for them, and facts don't do that. Facts are something you have by your toilet as you are scrolling, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think the best way to build up an audience now in this day and age is to engage in the conversation that's happening in the world, which is really hard because it's just insanity all the time. And so my way of gauging in that is to counteract that. So if everyone is like, 
a mob mentality, I say, what happens if we forgive? Yeah. What does that look like? And I've had, I've, for the most part, people tend to agree with me, which is funny, but I've had some people, you know, just really attack me and stuff like that, which is fine. I think we should always be open for criticism. But as a brand, I don't know how, like, who cares? How are you going to respond to criticism? I don't know. It's very, yeah. the world is chaos now, it seems like, online. Yeah. And so my core is maybe you could try and, I don't know, for like, let's say you're selling coffee. Pictures are probably going to be the way to go or little videos. Ways well, but let's not, I mean, I doubt that a lot of companies are, I'm more interested, I think, in people who are artists or yeah. content creators yeah. who are wanting to do what you're doing. Yeah. You know what to, they should do. I mean, yeah. brands, whatever. Like, if they sell coffee, it's great. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. Um, it's a visual medium. Online yeah. is a visual medium. So, I mean, would you say that, like, as now, as like a as a writer, um, you're still trying to incorporate still the same stuff that you used initially to make yourself successful? Authenticity. Yeah. Um, Consistency. Origin and originality, consistency, yeah. vulnerability. Yeah. Would that all be things that you're still doing in this yeah, phase too? Absolutely. And do yeah. you feel like people still resonate the most when you're the most vulnerable, the most consistent, Very and the most so. original? Yeah. Because if you can tap into someone's feelings, then they're more likely to share that post. Yeah. And that post gets shared by someone yeah. else. And it's really funny because I'll get a lot of like older people commenting on my thing and be like, Cheryl, you did it again. I don't know how you write these things. <laughs> because they think like the person sharing it wrote it. It's really funny. It's like, amen, Abigail. I love you. What are you doing Sunday? You know, like, <laughs> so funny to me. But, uh, you know, just being consistent. I, I'm not as consistent as these used, yeah. used to be. I'll write maybe once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that out of curiosity. I, I know that I'm just grilling you with questions and you're just loving it at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will say, I feel like before we move on from that, you know, those tenets almost yeah. are kind of pillars that you use to sort of guide your writing um, and your approach to getting your writing to people who are actually going to read it. Because obviously yeah. you could just write for your own sake and never share it with anybody, but yeah. you are wanting to share it with people. Um so that way you can be helpful to them. Um, a lot, I've, a couple, we have a handful of friends that are actors, and one of my friends that's an actor, she um, posts a lot of stuff about how she's feeling mm. in that moment. Yeah. Um, and it seems like those posts and, like, how other actors kind of follow her, it's like she's being vulnerable about her journey, and then people are, are then connecting and identifying with that. And yeah. I, and I feel like although you find it really easy to be vulnerable on social media, I feel like actually a lot of people have a really hard time being vulnerable on social yeah. media because it is this whole idea of like trying to show this perfect life that you really don't Absolutely. have yeah. and comparing your perfect imagine your fake perfect life to somebody else's fake perfect life and who has a better who's better at portraying <laughs> their perfect fake life yeah. almost like when you go to church and everybody tries to look like their families are all happy and then they get yeah. in the car and everybody's yelling at each other so um I think that vulnerable thing is true across the board, yeah. you know, depending on whoever your audience is. Well, and for people who are who struggle to be vulnerable online, it's okay. Don't you don't need to be like? What is your purpose to be vulnerable? Yeah, like I think we're so caught up in wanting to like be heard 
that like we don't realize that there are people in our lives that hear us, that want to listen to us. So we should be able to be vulnerable in person um, and be okay with that. Yeah. Where people, once again, like I think it's just not going to come off authentic if you're forcing yourself to be vulnerable yeah. online and you're not comfortable with that. Yeah, so maybe do what you do best. Yeah, like yeah. be be happy with your individuality. Like yeah. at the end of the day, me having followers online has done really other than my book has done nothing for me. Well, but you've done a lot of stuff for other people. That's true. I mean, so although, yeah, I mean. And that's that's why I keep doing it is yeah. because, yeah, sure, I, I love to be able to uh, engage and help people. And that was how I was able to find my wife. You yeah, know? so my, it did do something for you. It did do something. It did a lot. So, yeah, 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 so you have to I take, take that back. I take back everything I say. You take that back. It did <laughs> a lot for you. Well, uh, and it helps yeah. you deal with that experience yeah. and that time in your life. So, I mean, I think it, I mean, yeah, from, it did, it did from, being lot, your, yeah. from being your friend during that period, I would say it actually did an enormous yeah, amount for you. Yeah. I mean, even June, who you met through that, officiated yeah. your wedding. Yeah. Um, and, like, when he was there and you and Allie were, like, all, like, talking to him, all buddy buddies, I'm like, how do they even know this guy? <laughs> it was, like, so weird for all the rest of us that are, like, are your friend in real life, not online, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be like, who is this June guy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's very nice. June, if you're listening, you're wonderful. We love you. You're great. Um, so... Uh, so, last question, and then you can go home to your beautiful wife that you met through Tumblr. Uh, the um, how at this point, like, what is your kind of purpose and goal with it? How has that kind of evolved? Um, I do feel you know, like there was a, a time where it was your connection to the world, yeah, and it was it was providing for you as a single guy sitting in a room with barely any furniture yeah like that kind of like sort of um connection to humanity and a sense of meaning yeah um where now that you're married a lot of that has been taken care of through Allie that you don't need it as much anymore she yeah. even brought furniture into your life <laughs> so um so like what kind of what what is like the point of your writing now for you yeah. and then my second question that kind of goes with that is have you ever tried to monetize it beyond your book mm. like is like where you're saying it didn't do anything for me, which obviously it has. Right. But would you, like, there's plenty of people that do go become, take their online following. You know, Rachel Held, who is a, a friend of ours from Dayton. Yeah. Unfortunately, she just recently passed away. But, I mean, she was somebody who started out doing that as well, writing yeah. writing books, and eventually became her full-time job. And obviously I'm not, I mean, yeah. you, you work with me, so you better not go get a <laughs> But, you know, I mean, how could yeah. you, I mean, has that ever been a goal of yours to, like, monetize it and yeah. become like a public speaker yeah. writer you know author in that way and so what's your point for doing it now and then part yeah. b of that is like what has been kind of your goal as far yeah. as monetizing it as it grew into something beyond just i do this because i need to yeah uh, well the funny thing is i i would love to monetize it more i don't really know i think i had someone maybe ask once about um, like if I do talks or anything like yeah. that, that'd be fun. That'd be great. Uh, I think the thing is when I was on Tumblr, I was still pretty anonymous. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I changed my name over to TB Labarge and that helped, but I used to be like, my, my avatar used to be called Blissful Beards Know Best. Yeah. And so like, you know, it was just a, yeah. a site. And so I think I'm still in the stage of, becoming known i think 
like your writing's known, but you as the person who wrote it is not known. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of people, I mean, if you go to Google, most of Google searches are who is T.B. (laughs) LaParge. You know, like, they're like, who is this person? So I think, um, and it's also hard because people do have this certain image of me. And so then when they see me in real life or they hear me. When they find out you're a 30-year-old guy versus this 80-year-old. Yeah. Or even the fact that I'm not, like, smoking a pipe in the mountains of Scotland, you know? Yeah. That I'm a very normal guy who would rather make you laugh than be introspective. Yeah. Um, I think that breaks the illusion um, around who T.B. LaBarge is. So I think it would be hard for me to create monetization from that i don't know i just to me and i'm really bad at selling myself really really bad it's so much easier to just write and repost yeah write and post write and post that's it so um to you know i never did like book signings or anything i could have i'm in atlanta i'm sure there's people there that know me and but I just I, I had no desire. I just wanted to write, get it out there, and my ultimate desire would be a JD Salinger life, where I write one big book and it does great, and then people never see me again. Yeah, like that is my true desire. Is I am once again super simple man. Don't need a lot of friends. Don't need a lot of things. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> keep me keep me quiet. Yeah. So it's your diet coke or diet Dr Pepper. Yeah, so um, back to your question as far as monetization. No, I, I've never done anything outside yeah. of that. I purely write now. Um, I write right now um, because it resonates with people. It helps people. Yeah. It's my way of in real life, and you, you, you're you, great at listening to me. You're great at hearing me and my thoughts. But once again, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I was always overlooked I was never chosen. I always wanted to be a part, you know, I wanted to lead a guy's Bible study or or do something in ministry, but it was always someone else that was chosen over me. And I don't know why. Um, and I love Kyle, my brother Kyle, but when we were growing up, I was always Kyle's brother because Kyle was very handsome, funny great guy everyone loved him and so i mean I, i'd make out with kyle exactly <laughs> i mean let's be honest he's a farmer he's a he is a snack <laughs> <laughs> all those new phrases by the way like thirsty snack like all these things i'm like i'm like have the hardest time i'm like i have become the old guy that i'm like wait what is what does that mean i would dab that uh. yeah and you're like what i'm so confused it's like especially with like game of thrones where they're yeah. like this actor is so and then they put in a word and yeah. i'm like i have no idea what that i'm guessing that means hot yeah. i don't know well we are at the age where now we can just constantly say we're old. Yeah. Because old people love to talk about how old they are, which makes me mad. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about how young I am. Yeah, I exactly. I am so young. Like, man, I'm 30, only... 35. I mean, that I'm one guy lived... 80s. That one guy lived to 900 years old. <laughs> Jeez, I'm barely a ninth of his yeah, age. This is, um, but anyways, back to... Um, and so, yeah, I was... Yeah, you were the younger brother. I was the younger brother. I was never... The youngest listened of the family. To, I think it was because I was always funny and would... You know, I was yeah chubby guy. I was younger, whatever. So well, and sometimes if you want, I do feel like people put people in boxes. Right. Especially when you're younger. Yeah. Um, extremely when you're younger. Yeah. Um, it's like when we get older, we realize, oh, people can be multifaceted. But like in middle school, high school, even elementary school, even college to a certain degree, like 
you're the funny guy yeah. or you're the serious guy or yeah. you're the smart person or you're the athlete athlete you know like whatever you are you're that thing yeah and then if you're not that thing but you want to do that like if you're the funny guy who also likes to be super serious and philosophical and give like be vulnerable about all of our feelings yeah People Can't are be multi-layered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're the funny guy. Yeah. Even though, like, a lot, that is what comedy is. It's yeah. just instead of being thought-provoking in a in a more somber way, you're yeah. thought-provoking in a funny way, in an entertaining way. Yeah, yeah, we all laugh about the things that we feel instead of like sit back and go, "Whoa." Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. So. But yeah, so I could see where people are like, yeah. "Why would we have you lead the Bible study? You're yeah. the funny guy." Yeah, exactly. We want you in the Bible study. Yeah. Because you'll make it fun. I was always, but, I was always wanted. That's yeah, the funny but thing. We definitely, was, yeah. but we're gonna have this guy over here who's the more thought provoking yeah. one. Yeah. And so then I went to Summit and I became more known. I was funny, but I didn't have the PhDs and yeah. the college education. So those people. And were again, you're the funny guy. Once again, funny guy. But I mean, you always led the talent. Show. Exactly. I was the MC. Yeah. But um, you weren't maybe then charge of the right. guys' counselors. Yeah. So when I moved here, I got kind of a chance to become someone new. Yeah. And that introspective because, side. Because that's why I didn't invite you to my birthday party. Because <laughs> if I had, people would have been like, oh, that's the funny guy. That's that's Ryan's friend, Todd. Yeah. And I didn't want that on you. <laughs> I wanted you to be able to I be your own that. self. I appreciate that. So I left you down there with your computer. So now it's Brand Red's Todd. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I and then, I mean, I started writing online and then and that's a, now it's reversed to whenever I try and be funny, people don't respond to that at all. Yeah. Which I think is really funny. People are like, no, you're the serious guy. Yeah, that is interesting. I, uh, I, I read a biography on Walt Disney and he um, talked about the fact that um, he got kind of pigeonholed into, especially later in his career in life, to where like they were the family friendly movies, yeah, and he could then never make anything yeah. that wasn't family friendly. And if he did, people would get mad, like Disney, yeah, like Walt. You're not supposed to make stuff like this, yeah. You know, I he said that like he he um, was jealous of Looney Tunes because they could make all like more like dirty jokes, yeah. You wow. know, they could have Bugs Bunny yeah. like acting like you know uh, dressed up as a female bunny and trying to like w- you know almost like. Uh, flirt with Elmer Fudd yeah. and like almost like win him over, you know, you know, like you know, almost like ooh, look at me, seduce him, yeah, seduce him. Like, yeah. I want Mickey Mouse to seduce Donald Duck so badly. <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way, it sounds weird, but uh, but it was interesting that it was like even Walt Disney, one yeah. of the most like iconic and most famous, and probably one of the most talk about like impact that he had on like American culture. Oh yeah, like we talked about in our last podcast. He's on I, the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah, as far as talking about like expectations, it's like. Walt Disney and the Disney, like, anything, wish upon a star and yeah. anything that I mean, you they own wish you now. can imagine yeah. Yeah. it can come true, you know? Yeah. Like, that has created this false rea- reality of yep. our expectations. Um, and yet even him got pigeonholed into a certain category. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think no matter what, I'm I'm happy to be pigeonholed in the more philosophical yeah. or, or the pipe smoking yeah. guy, which is fine. Um, so what would be, so to finish it out, what's your like, and this one I'm just curious about because yeah. you and I haven't talked about it in a while. Uh, what is your uh, goal or what's kind of like your purpose for your, like, what, what, what are you, why are you, what's for, what, uh, what is your, what are you getting out of it? Or like, <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? What from do your, I want to see long-term? Yeah. What do you want from your writing now? Yeah. And like, what's kind of your goal with it? Obviously, like you said, to help people, but yeah. Um, yeah, to bring light in 
to this kind of dark, saturated world. Um, I think, to we are such warriors for justice, and we get polluted in what justice is. Um, we... I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I want my writing to be a sigh of relief for people. I want it to be a refocus of what's important. And if I was able to make money off that and live comfortably, I'd be great. You yeah. know, like if I was the author, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, looking back and seeing the connection of my life, like I think I always wanted to be an author. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to be a comedian at one point. I wanted to be all these other things. But I think at the core now... I was like, oh, yeah, an author. That makes totally, total sense. Yeah. And so the long-term goal for me would be to be something that people love and connect with and not feel alone, but also to gain something from, to be a voice of reason, and then that to just be kind of a career path or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I yeah. think I think that's ultimately... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well... We should find someone to help you figure out how to monetize it. Yeah. I mean, because there's people all the time that are doing podcasts. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, like that wandering DP guy that I follow, he has a freaking Patreon, you know, that like helps pay his bills. Yeah. And he's just giving tips on cinematography. Yeah. That's way less important than what you're talking about. So I think, I think that's where I just try to get the books out there. Yeah. You know, try and write books and, and be as intentional with it as possible because it's it's exciting and fun to I mean hear stories of people all across the world having my book and yeah. Friends being like, I walked into this party and your book was there. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah. But Yeah, that was me though and I put it there. <laughs> and then I texted you. You walked in with a whole case of books. <laughs> I walked said, in and this whole case of books wow, is here. here. Mainly because I yeah. walked in with the It'd books. It'd be awesome if Barnes and Noble or like a big name yeah. like picked up my book and was selling yeah. it. I mean I Have you ever it. thought about trying to go to a publishers? I have no clue even how. You know, my yeah. friend June, he just now has a publisher agent, and yeah. I think he's getting ready to publish. I don't know if that's supposed to be out well, there. It's okay. Evan, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone. Um, but he has more following than I do. You yeah. Know, it's big, especially on Facebook. And so I think it will be a journey. I just yeah. have to keep, keep yeah. writing. And with Facebook, I kind of had to start over, which yeah. is fine. Um and then as long as people keep sharing and getting my name out there, I think there's a place for me. Yeah. But have you ever told people on Tumblr, hey, I'm on Facebook now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But once again, the Tumblr community and the it's Facebook like, community. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what? So we'll we'll get there. I think uh once again, my I, I post our podcasts on Tumblr and stuff yeah. and you know, not a lot of people are engaging with it. So yeah. I think I Well think, shame on you, Tumblr <laughs> listeners. We love you no matter what. You were helpful for me in my time in need and I will And you were helpful it. for them in their time in need. Yeah. So it was a mutual People helping people. It was like two ships passing in the night, you know. Yeah. We we helped each other not crash. I don't think that's how the saying goes. I don't know. <laughs> I wanna have my cake and eat it, you know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so to wrap it all up, if you want to Build an audience. Be consistent. Be consistent. Be original. Yep. Be vulnerable. Yeah. Or whatever or your authentic. or whatever yeah. your version of that is. Yeah. Maybe authenticity is a better way to put it because yeah. you are authentically vulnerable. Exactly. Because exactly. that's who you are. Yeah. So if you're if you're more of a funny person, be more yeah. funny. If you're more 
scholarly yeah, I, or more factual yeah. or more research, whatever, whatever your yeah. version of it is. Yeah, because I, I read a thing one time where they talked about millennials being um, – that's what they want, authenticity. And we say that word a lot, and that used to be a really big buzzword back in the early 2010s. Um, and, but it's true. Like we – if we see a brand or something doing trying to be real and honest, like we're seeing in these yeah. commercials, it's just it, it's weird to us sometimes that we just can tell we can tell what is truly real, yeah, and what's fake and yeah. and what's when something's fake, we shut that down. We don't yeah. want any part of that. So if you're gonna step into those waters as a social media presence, like you gotta be ready to be naked, vulnerably open for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because the moment you close that up, it's really hard to open it back up again. Yeah. And so be consistent, be absolutely open, whatever way that is, whether that's heartbreak, whether that's uh, inspirational success, like, and and you should know. You should be in tuned in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I happen to be emotionally intelligent in what I was feeling. Um, I don't know why. That's just I've been able to be aware of that, been able to critique things and see things. But also in, when I am wrong and someone points it out, being open and acknowledging that and being like, yep, I made a mistake there. Um, and, yeah, that's really about yeah. it. And then engage your audience. Engage your audience. Which you apparently are having a harder time doing now. I have a really hard time with that yeah. because I just I, – You'd rather hang out with your wife than yeah. spend two hours responding to people's My messages. Yeah. yeah. So that's another element that um, maybe when you figure that out, you yeah. can you can come back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I, I could see why like maybe like certain blog or someone would hire someone just to do that, just yeah. to engage. But it well, is so it's, emotionally it's, daunting to me. That That's the part where I was like, if you could have some kind of – if you can monetize that part, yeah. you know, where it's like, hey, I'll respond to all these people's questions, but then I need to be compensated for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's like it's one thing to just post your work and – and yeah. the, I don't know if that's legal though. That almost is like on the like. Well, that's where like if it was like some I kind mean, of like a degree or something. Yeah. Well, well, I'm more thinking like if it if that was where the Patreon part came in. Yeah. You know where if it could be your your job where you yeah. sat and responded to people, then it, then it wouldn't be as like oh my gosh, this is so much work. Yeah. You know, um, I do know that like, um, yeah, you got the chance to meet Bob Goff one time, and he talked about he puts his email at the end of his book yeah and i asked him if that was his real email address if it actually like went to him and he was like yeah it does yeah. and yeah. he's like and i respond to all of them yeah. and he's like even if it's just like a one sentence thing and i think that's part of it's that engagement part that i think is like yeah. you're saying is part of why you were successful before yeah um and that figuring that out moving forward is probably a big part of continuing to yeah. Grow. Which you're commenting, you're responding to comments that people do yeah. and stuff like that. And well, that's one part that Facebook kind of helps with a little bit. Yeah. And Bob Goff's funny because he is older. So now people are really attracted to him because he's like the grandpa or someone yeah. they really love. And the things he says, when I read his book, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I write like this. This is funny the way he writes. And, um, and that resonates with a lot of people. I think I might have been more popular. When I was single, mm -hmm. because yes, I was writing more, but there was also that fact of like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing, like you said. But I never got that. 
Yeah. You know, I just would write, but that was kind of the appeal. Well, so when I got married, that was an interesting. Yeah. I had to change to where my writing would be. They weren't attracted to me. They were attracted maybe to the, the answer. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. Well, and if you're if the majority of the people were people who were if you were writing about the drama and the heartbreak of of finding a lifelong partner, uh, and then the people who are obviously reading it are also then in that same pursuit, and then all of a sudden you get married, so you're no longer writing about that. Yeah. But they still are in that stage. Yeah. It's not like all twenty five thousand people also <laughs> got married the same week yeah. that you did. Yeah. Like they still might be in that stage of their life, yeah. And you're no longer writing about it anymore, yeah. And so now all of a sudden, you're you know, like your your topics that you're covering don't apply to them, yeah. Um, so that's that was one of the things that was interesting to talk about was just how that's transformed, yeah. Well, all that to say, Todd, thank you so much. This truly has been some quality time. <laughs> Yeah, and, no and one now else. I put you on the hot seat. Usually, I'm the one talking a bunch, and I get in trouble by my wife <gasps> for wow. for talking too much. You have a great voice on these podcasts. So now you got to talk a bunch. Yeah, and I only interrupted you like a hundred times. It's okay. And I will say this: I don't think I've ever talked about this with anyone, not even with Allie. Well, I'm glad you could so talk about it with this me. podcast is exclusive. Exclusive, Allie. Yeah. This is the only place that you can hear this. <laughs> I will never be vulnerable with you. <laughs> uh, I love you. Um, but yeah. Cool. It's been well, quality time. Yeah. And uh, hopefully everybody who was listening could get some tips and advice on how to, how to whether the online presence is something that you're trying to monetize, not commoditize, monetize moving forward, or if it's just your way of reaching out and connecting with other people in the world. Uh, or both. Uh, we and hope my that advice is don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's a cesspool. Don't stay away from it. <laughs> That's where Todd's being funny. Hopefully. All right. All right. Till next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.